Hi, welcome to Pineapple Reels. I'm your host, Nia, and it's been quite a long time since I've made a podcast episode. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of life-changing events, both good and bad. Um, but I recently saw the Note movie by writer and director Jordan Peele. I saw it on Saturday, Saturday with my brother and my niece, and I definitely want to talk about it. Um, I've seen his first two films, Get Out and Us, and I wanted to do like a slight coffee chat deep dive into this film what I think it was about some things that I saw online and I definitely want to get some feedback from people of what you thought when you saw Nope and what do you think it means so stay tuned as always we're going to start off with the plot of the movie there are two different ones The original one that came out and then one that was written by Universal Pictures later on via IMDb. So the first one was the residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Now the one that was released by Universal Pictures is after random objects falling from the sky result in the death of their father, Ranch-owning siblings O.J. and Emerald Haywood attempt to capture video evidence of an unidentified flying object with the help of tech salesman Angel Torres and documentarian Antlers Holst. And as well as the plot, we need to also go over this cast list because I think the actors in this film were amazing and we definitely need to give them their highlights. So coming back for a second uh, Jordan Peele film, we have Dale Kalua. He plays OJ Haywood, the older brother. We have Kiki Palmer, who plays the younger sister, Emerald Haywood. We have Brandon Pereira, who plays Angel Torres. Michael Wincott, who plays Antlers Holst. Steven Yoon, who plays Ricky Jupe Park. And I've, in a, we have a minor appearance by um, Keith David, who plays Otis Haywood Sr. My only issue is that I wish we got more Keith David. I really wish we had this like five or 10 more minutes of him because he's a very well-respected actor. And I just wanted a little bit more of him, especially for the newer generation who may not know who this prominent figure is in, in Hollywood and they just they just miss they just missed getting more of his abilities but I understand why his uh, role in the film was short-lived and um we have a also like this very small cameo appearance from Barbie Ferreira who plays Nessie and um I feel like that's about that's about it for the for the cast list of Uh, characters who are really important or prominent in the film um we also have Steven Yoon I forgot to mention him as well but his role again oh I did I did mention him his role is very small in my opinion I I thought it was going to be a little bit bigger but it wasn't and obviously it is written and directed and I believe also produced by Jordan Peele The movie opens with a quote and it says, I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile and make you a spectacle. 
Nope is Jordan Peele's third film. He had Get Out first and he had Us, which I already did an episode about Get Out and Us. If you want to go ahead and backtrack on that. And I did it with someone named Marcia. So definitely check that episode out if you haven't already. We do a little bit of a deep dive of those two films and what we think that they mean and what they mean to society. Now, of course, this third film, again, it definitely deals with certain parts of society. Um, I do want to give a spoiler alert right now. If you have not seen Nope, you don't want it ruined for you. One, I advise you to not listen to this podcast until you see it. Two, stay off social media. Stay off the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because one of your friends, and Snapchat, because one of your friends or family members are going to ruin it for you. And this is going to suck because if it's ruined for you and then you try to go see it, it's just not going to have the same effect as it would have been if you went just in the theater blind and just took it organically as it came. Um, so out of his three films, Nope was not my bet, my favorite. I still think Get Out is the best that he's done so far, but his directing career is still very young. It's still very new. I'm so interested in what the ideas that he has and what he's going to bring to the table. I do just want to honor Jordan Peele this moment right now give him his give him his flowers because i feel like he is giving us a new aspect of horror that doesn't have to always be so you know gory and in in context visually there's a lot that you can do with letting the audience imagination go wild and he does that a couple times in this film he doesn't show us exactly what something is but we might be able to hear it or allude to what we assume happened um, he also, I, I, like I said, he's like a breath of fresh air and horror. These are definitely unique ideas. Um, you know, like us focus more on like social class, and I really enjoyed that. It had multiple layers. Get Out had multiple layers as well too. Um, and I think that this film, Nope, has a couple layers as well. Of you're going to go in expecting a certain kind of film. You're expecting a sci-fi horror thriller of a movie and when you get out it's not exactly what you thought it was going to be going in so without further ado let's do a little bit more of a deep dive into nope Alrighty, i don't want to ruin the entire film um but i guess i might end up ruining the entire film um so all in all this entire film is about spectacles and you know I realized that watching the movie, Spectacles, Exploitation, I realized that from the first scene of the movie and how that how that uh, projected the rest of the film and how it tied into the rest of the movie. There were some people I saw online that they were so confused of the opening scene and they show the opening scene in different pieces throughout the film but they were so confused these people were so confused of like well what was the part part point of that you know um the opening scene is um it takes place on the soundstage it's a set for a tv show called a fictional tv show called Gordy gordy's home and this is you know family that they for every reason they have a chimp that lives with them the chimp is you know clothed in human clothing they do regular activities with him blase blase for whatever reason that day on set he quote unquote goes wild and ends up killing a a co-star as well as hurting another co-star like um hurting very hurting uh, this woman to the point where um her life is forever changed 
And I feel like, um, per- and let's talk to somebody about this. I feel like with quote unquote wild animals, they're wild animals for a reason. They're not meant to be domesticated. I personally think it's weird to have a pet monkey or like lion. I think that they are not supposed to be in your regular home interacting with you like this or with your pet dog or cat. And uh, one of these friends I talked to about this, they're like, oh, well, you know, we domesticate uh, dogs and cats. I said, you're absolutely correct. However, dogs and cats have been domesticated for hundreds of years. It is very different chimps or ape uh primate animals they haven't been domesticated for hundreds of years where it's so common to you go to a pet store and you get a pet chimp or orangutan like that's just not a thing and i think i find it odd that people um are surprised when these quote-unquote wild animals act in their natural state so the the chimp in the film his name is called his name is gordy they're filming an episode of Gordy's Home, and this is be a special episode for a birthday, and they have balloons on the set. Well, the balloons, somebody uh, had balloons in a box. They're, the box was open, the balloons were released, and the balloons got popped by the studio lights. The sound of the balloons is what set off Gordy, and he went on a rampage, attacking people, and it everybody was terrified, ran for cover. We see parts of it. We don't see everything. We don't see it super gruesome. We just see clearly something happened on set. Excuse me. Clearly something happened on set. The monkey is covered. Excuse me. The chimp is covered in blood. And even the chimp is kind of confused at what just happened, you know, not understanding. And um, that mimics uh, a real life event that happened. I believe it was like in 08, 09 in Australia. Because I was in high school when that event happened where this woman, she owns a chimp. She, I think she had this chimp for like 12 or 14 years, something like that. And, you know, he lived in her house and would sleep in bed with her and eat food with her. No problems the entire time. Well, one day he gets out. She asks her friend to help her wrangle him back in. The friend comes over to help. He attacks her friend. And she calls nine one one. This video is on on um on YouTube. If you if you want to watch it or listen to it, not a video of the attack. It's not a video of attack, but there is a there was a news there's a news story about it, uh, a news story about it, small documentary kind of style about it as well too. Of the phone call that the woman made when her friend was attacked and the woman's recovery after said attack. So the friend called 911 and you can clearly hear the distress in her voice and you hear the chimp in the back going quote unquote wild. Um, and he, and she's like, he peeled off her face. He's eating her face. Please someone come help, come send help. Like, I don't know what to do. And, um, the chimp actually peeled off her friend's face, ate her face, ripped off her hands off of her body. And this one was forever scarred. She went through a face transplant, um, they tried to reattach, uh, attach hands to her and the surgery was successful to a certain point where they realized, Hey, like the tissue's not healing. This isn't doing well. And they had to remove the hands shortly after giving them to her. So the scene in the, and you see, and you can even see it in the trailer, the scene where there is a woman with a sun hat and a veil. And 
I think when you when we saw that trailer, we assumed that that's an alien. No, that's supposed to be the young girl in Gordy's home that was attacked by the chimp and the chimp ate her face. Um, that is directly from that woman because that woman in real life, she would wear a sun hat with a veil to cover her face. And it's amazing, like it's miraculous how far she has come from that attack to now of what she looks like and what she sounds like. But clearly that's a very traumatic experience. But that goes into making a spectacle of an animal capitalizing off of this um off of this being not treating them the correct way kind of deal you know um so yeah that definitely ties I say all that to say it definitely ties into the film and I got that immediately because I remember that attack when it hit the news and I was just like whoa a chip attack the won't like how this happened and my first thought, my after that, my initial thought was, why do you have a wild animal in your home? And why are you so surprised when a wild animal doesn't behave in a certain kind of behavioral way, in your opinion? You know, like when you go to the zoo and the monkey, the monkey um, enclosure has like a, like a fence that you can like, you know, put your fingers through or the monkey can put their, their, their uh, hands through and they fling poop. I'm not surprised by that because that is the monkey in their natural habitat. And if you don't like it, do not go close to it. Like I've been to zoos before and if I see that, I'm like, oh, I'm not walking by the monkey and capture. They like to, they like to fling poop and I'm not trying to mess with them in that kind of way. It's kind of got to the point now where I'm like, I don't really want to go to the zoo because I don't need to see an animal. Like they're not in their natural habitat. There is some kind of enclosure. It's not really fair. They're not really, a, yeah, they might be around one or two animals of their species, but they're still having so much human interaction. They're not getting to hunt and gather like they're nor- like they're supposed to in their normal environment. And then you can't take those same animals and put them in their natural habitat because they wouldn't survive. They truly would not understand their natural instincts. Those natural instincts aren't in them anymore because they don't have to use them and never had to use them. With the Stephen Yoon's character... I feel like with him going through the experience of seeing Gordy on that TV show uh, act in such a violent matter, you would think that he would understand, whoa, we shouldn't exploit animals or beings because it can get it can get them to this level. But it seems like for him, he had the adverse reaction, which is like, I'm going to squeeze every last dollar I can out of stuff like this. And we realized later in the film that he never learned a lesson. He was a boy at that time. It makes sense if he didn't truly understand. But he is a grown man with a, with a wife and kids and a business. He should understand that. But he's, you know, he's a Hollywood person. He's thinking money-wise. He's not thinking in any other kind of way. And that thought process he has is directly why he himself dies and why he carries things like 40 something other people to their deaths as well him making a spectacle out of something and not thinking back to that day of you know the the sad incident that happened so uh, i'm trying to run this back so in this film uh the haywoods oj and emerald they are descendants like they are like true hollywood royalty right they're descendants 
of um this man who was a horse rider who be who was like the first the first pieces of film that were ever created like this guy was was uh was on the film and he's ever created he was never credited by it or people don't really know his name and that's like the intro when we first meet kiki palmer's character emerald haywood she does the intro that her father used to because now he has passed and she's like the very charismatic care excuse me charismatic sister and um and the showman so she's able to take over that role and we get the history lesson from her and um the brother oj he's more laid back not so flashy definitely wants to keep on the family name in honor of the father uh but he's just not he's not how his father was of the showman and not how his sister uh, uh sister is but he definitely has a connection with the horses he knows how to talk to them there's even a scene where uh they're filming for a commercial and uh the 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 people that are part of like the cast they are not listening to his safety rules of like don't do this next to the horse be careful of that and direct because they're not listening to him they're just trying to go 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 it directly results in an, in an incident happening on set and that incident makes the 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 movie director like hey like we can't do this because you know like maybe it's too soon after your father's death maybe you know y'all should take a beat you know what i mean and i i could i think that was i think it was bullshit i think that was definitely the movie's people's fault it wasn't the haywood's fault but um you know the death of their father it's not i don't say taking a toll but it definitely affects them and they're trying to find a new normal right they're trying to keep things along and i don't i don't think that they're a strange brother and sister i think that they have a relationship but the sister seems like she's the one that's kind of bouncing back and forth you know um from the home and the and the family business versus a brother who's just always been there and it's the dad's right hand man uh now since oj understands animals i feel like uh no, i feel like this is definitely why he's able to um understand more than the other people when it comes to this uh quote-unquote spectacle of how to handle it and what to do so you know when you first watch this film and we first see the the first like showings of what this alien like spacecraft is in the sky uh we all have the same thought right it's aliens even the trailer that we all watched or multiple trailers the different trailers that came out is clearly pointing towards this is a sci-fi alien movie and the thought the thought is what what do these aliens look like what do they want where do they come from are they smarter than us? Do they I mean do they want to bring peace? Do they want to, you know, take us over? Do they want to simulate human life? Like, what is the reason for them being here? And uh, OJ is the one that realizes after it gets closer to him one day, he realizes, oh, this isn't a, this isn't a spacecraft. This is an animal. Like I saw its eye. Like it, this isn't this isn't a, a spacecraft. This is a this is some type of animal that is large and occupies the sky it's able to cloak itself with a cloud or in the clouds um and it's with that knowledge that he has and that is clearly what helps them now when they realize this the sister uh emerald she's like oh okay we can we can make some money off of this let's try let's go ahead and capture it on camera 
and uh you know try to make some money off of us get the quote-unquote oprah shot and that goes into again exploit exploitation of another being and it's not just uh with animals it's also with people so there's something that i saw on youtube when these breakdowns and they were talking about uh the exploitation of people in particular like child stars for instance like hollywood chews up and spits people out all the time and i feel like when it's an adult no one really cares but when it's a child it's a little bit of a difference like there and i remember the story when i was younger there was this child actor in like the 50s i believe and he was very prominent big deal he was everywhere in these tv and tv shows and movies and then he hollywood basically said like hey like no one wants to see you anymore you're too old we're, we're basically done and they just left him and he ended up being turning into a drug addict and ended up dying and i feel like with hollywood they don't realize what they do to some of these people you know what i mean it's one thing to say you can't get a role it's another for someone to use you to the very last drop and then leave you and then people are surprised when you act out on something you know we see um hollywood kid stars that are you know adult stars are trying to be adult actors like orlando bloom and he's been kind of a roller coaster of ups and downs and it's sad to see it's a tragedy i remember him from major pain he was he was this very like promising young actor and then something happened with him or he wasn't things weren't going the way that he wanted to in his career and he turned to drugs or drugs were introduced to him and it's just been a detriment to his career ever since but i know people like me and friends of mine who remember him because he's my age who remember around my age who remember him as this really great kid star we're rooting for him it's like man i hope you get help i hope you do better i hope you get these roles that you should be getting you know and it's unfortunate that you haven't or look at Lindsay lohan she was a really great kid star and teen star and then life happened to her and she started spiraling getting into drugs and she's been bouncing back and forth between doing really well and then hitting rock bottom again but as well we still root for these people because it's like we know what you like when you're doing good we hope that you can get back to your normal self but look what happened to these people you know britney spears as well too they're being stretched and squeezed for every last dime that these companies or managers can get out of them but no one's really caring about their well-being and what they need you know what i mean you don't need to be famous you don't need to be an actor or a singer to do well in life but the fact that they're not even capitalizing truly off of their own they're getting money taking from them i think that ties into all of it as well too um but yeah with this film like i said it wasn't my favorite jordan pill movie he's the only only has three it's his third film i don't think it was horrible but i think the point of the film was it's like all of his films so far there's like there's a lesson in the film right i think the lesson in this film is we don't need to make a spectacle out of everything or a look at me look at me out of every single thing look at society now look at many regular everyday people are trying to be insta famous um they're trying to go viral on social media for what reason for what reason it's odd to me when someone wants to be famous just to be famous and we all we all experience it right we all have a friend or family member that's online right now 
that they're constantly posting videos and stuff of themselves or their children, sadly, trying to get a little bit of fame. They're trying to get that 15 minutes. They're trying to get those viral view numbers to capitalize off of it. But my question is, whenever you do get this this notoriety, whenever you do get this um, recognition, what are you doing with it? You're a quote unquote influencer, but what are you doing with said influence? You know, you just want to be known to be known. I also want to talk about <clears throat> eye contact when it comes to animals. Um, so, especially primates, you can't stare them down because they take that as an act of aggression, as do other animals. Um, so, the part in on the TV show Gordy Gordy's house or Gordy's home and Gordy is like on this rampage on set right uh the young boy who is under the table who's basically paralyzed in fear when Gordy turns and looks at him and the young boy realizes oh I might be next because he just saw him attack two people the reason why Gordy doesn't attack him is because the tablecloth is covering the tablecloth is covering his eyes so it's not making direct eye contact with him and the same thing with uh oj's character later he never makes eye contact with this uh animal being um because he doesn't want to it to feel intimidated or or it to attack him so he realizes you know if i just don't look there's no reason for it to attack me because earlier in the film he did look up a couple of times whenever he's looking up whenever he looked up and the and it realized it's looking at him that's when it would swoop down and and try to you know try to grab him but uh he got lucky well not lucky he ran he ran for cover and the covering the covering is what uh helped him but later on when they're trying to lure said animal he doesn't make eye contact but if you realize in the film anyone that makes eye contact with these animals has an issue now i think with the haywoods you can say oh well they're you know they're training horses aren't they exploiting animals yes and no they are using animals for their personal gain and their and and their well-being however uh they treat them with compassion and respect and they're well taken care of and they're known in hollywood for if you need if you need a horse for something these are the people to go to and look what happens when like i said earlier when oj tells these people in the movie said hey don't do these certain things you're getting too close whatever you're doing right there like it's going to startle this animal and they disregard him and they just did a safety talk and then an incident happened it's just like that's not my fault when i told you not to do this certain thing and I think part of it is like, oh, it's a horse. Like, what's really going to happen? You know, but it's like, but you never, you never know, you know, and you should listen to the advice of someone who is a specialist and deals with these animals on a regular basis. Now, since the, now since Emerald and OJ want to capture said being on camera, I mean, they go, the, they go to a camera store, they get all this equipment to capture it. And the issue is that, they realize it later is that whenever the being is around it knocks out anything with the battery or anything that takes a battery um and so they're it's hard for them to capture it on on film they contact the director from the commercial in the beginning of the film that they were doing and uh antlers holst and he's like a renowned a, re- a renowned uh documentarian 
and he brings a film camera to like a hand a hand crank camera to a record everything and he ends up dying he and he truly dies for his art so he he's able to capture at first they think it's a a saucer and they realize later that you know it's some type of creature he's able to capture it on film but then he steps out from from underneath this um this chopper they had to blend in with the surroundings to get more of it on camera and he literally dies for his art trying to literally get the belly of the beast and uh some people were saying like oh you know like that the the footage that he did is is gone and lost however whenever the whenever this beast is eating it um it can't eat inorganic material so whenever it uh digest so to speak it spits out everything else that it can't digest so it's not just people are talking about oh it can't eat metal it's anything that's not i'm gonna call it a meat sack if it's not a human or an animal it can't digest it technically it spits it back out that's why at the beginning of the film oj's father dies from a nickel that was lodged uh through that was uh, lodged through his eye through his brain and that's how he died it was that at first they thought oh it's, it's um you know maybe it was like a spacecraft that lost something or a cargo plane that had material fall but it was actually the beast when it was digesting which we see we physically see later when it is over the house and uh, emeralds inside and we can see on the outside it's like multiple things are falling from the sky it's car keys and baby strollers that are falling that are falling from the sky and also it rains blood as well over the house when it's digesting so in my opinion that footage isn't lost like people will think it is i think that it's like some cloverfield found footage type shit if you remember cloverfield and um Cloverfield's like a found footage type of movie and it's supposed to be this what was like cia fbi kind of thing where they found someone's camera and they're just watching on on the camera what happened and they put in a file for later i think it's like that where it may not be out to the public or it might be lost at this time but at some point the animal has to digest it right and it's going to that the film camera is going to fall it's not going to be able to digest it so they'll be able to have that footage it's a matter of who is going to be able to obtain said footage and at the end of the film emerald's able to take a picture of it of the actual beast itself um now whether she uses it to for for financial gain or not we have no idea but at least there is some sort of proof now in the film they do talk about it of um you know people have been able to capture alien ufo stuff on on camera before it might be grainy and texture but there there are countless videos and pictures online and even our own government has admitted to yes we know the existence of ufos you don't believe me i personally don't care you can go online and look for yourself knowledge is power do the research for yourself um but and and one of the characters he even said like UFOs aren't even called UFOs anymore they're called it's like UAPs I think, I think that's what he, what they're called now it's like why would they call them that it's because they don't want us to be looking for it anymore and 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 make it harder for it to be a thing I definitely agree I'm a sci-fi nerd I'm totally into that thing and I think as a human being to think that we are the apex predators is very egotistical. And I think as humans, we need to have an ego death because I just don't believe that that's possible. 
I like, I'll say like, let's take a bear, for instance, are we, is, is a human being stronger than a bear? No, but our brain might be smarter to calculate some kind of plan to avoid being hurt by said more powerful be- powerful being, but we don't have the physicality to truly square up against it, you know? And that ties into something like this too. We don't have the ability to go toe-to-toe, toe-to-toe against this, this creature, right? Like, so at the end, Emerald's character, she realizes that um, she can lure the animal to eat this inorganic material and it'll, it will hurt it. Now, we don't see it die or fall from the sky or anything like that. It does seem to hurt it momentarily for how long, we don't know. And also it can cloak itself either as a cloud or within a cloud, whichever that is. Um, but my whole thing is like, I, I'm not saying I need a definite answer, but there were a lot of questions in this film at the end that I had, and maybe you had them too. Okay. So question number one, where the hell did, uh, this being come from? Let me use a technical term. They name it Jean Jacket. That's what OJ names it after, uh, for her, for his sister, um, but yeah, where did Jean Jacket come from? What is his origins? Is it something similar to like Godzilla or King Kong? Um, like, has it been here on Earth for a long time? Just we can't see it. We don't know. It's been in, it's been hidden um, within the clouds. Or is it some, is it, it, is it some alien being that is here and, you know, it just got here like they said the movie got here six months ago and we just never seen it before and and it's something completely new don't know um also question two what is it what is it here for is it just here to eat and consume or is it here for another reason or purpose because the only purpose that we see that it's here for is eating we don't really get more of an explanation for that um, another thing that I've seen online is people at is people saying or speculating that um, at the end of the film that OJ Jr. he is dead, and I don't know because in my opinion the way that the film was ended in the last like ten fifteen minutes, it looked like to me that OJ tried to give a distraction for his sister can get away, and she did the same thing for him, a distraction so he can get away. And the last thing we see is uh, Jean Jack is very close on him. It's closing in, but we don't see him sucked up or anything. Now, if he died, why would we, why would we miss him getting sucked up into, uh, into Jean Jack, Jean Jacket taking him and consuming him? Why would we not get to see that? We saw with every other thing. So why do we not get to see it with him? And whenever she, um, went to uh Jupiter's uh you know uh what is this word called park and she released a balloon for the animal to cons- for the beast to consume um and then she saw her she saw at first she saw reporters right so when i saw that i i thought why would there be news reporters right now right there this exact moment that wouldn't make any sense because there are no alarm bells going off. Now, previously, we saw on the scene that uh, there was a guy on a motorcycle from TMZ, and he was reporting about, you know, the investigation, the 40 people that went missing or 40 odd people that went missing at this park. 
And I mean, that, that just happened like a couple of days ago or so. So it wouldn't make sense for all these reporters to be there. So I, I feel like that was her imagination of like, oh, look at, I guess, like the, um, the notoriety, the news that this would make. But then later she looks and she sees her, the, there's like some dust and she sees her brother on a horse and there is uh, the sign above him that says out yonder. So people were speculating that that means that he is, he has now passed and he was kind of looking at her admiration like, oh, you did it. We're, you know, we're set. And I want to believe that he's still alive because it just doesn't make sense that he would be dead because we don't, I'm saying it because we don't see it. It's not very blatant. So I just don't think that he's dead. I think that he's still alive. Because it wouldn't make sense that they're, like, again, that they're reporters that quick when no one called anyone. There's no reason to call any reporters. There's no police there at that time. So I don't think that's what happened. I think that he survived. Um, and they, they went on with their normal life. And even when she was able to take a picture of Jean Jacket, she didn't even look at the picture after it was done. It was kind of like, this is over. I got my Oprah shot. This is done. And maybe that ties into like not making a spectacle or something, but having proof for yourself that this thing did happen. I did see it. I did experience this. You know, I'm thinking it's more like that. And, you know, they're going to keep on with the legacy of their father. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to keep on looking at videos online to see what people's theories are because it's so interesting. Um the theories that are out there what people are thinking of what's going on and uh how people are putting certain things together and I think I definitely want to see the movie again to see anything that I missed and make my own assumptions uh I don't think this movie was scary I think it was um I think it more I don't think it should be called a horror I think thriller is the best word but again what Jordan Peele I think is doing with his films is what's I actually said this to a friend and I'm going to look at the comment that I wrote to her because I think it was a very good explanation of what I want to say. Um, Okay, I said, out of the three films he's made so far, it's my least favorite. I think Get Out was perfect. Us was interesting about uh, about social class. I really enjoyed that aspect. He's giving a new perspective of horror, which is reminiscent of Twilight Zone. And I said, this is the point I wanted to say, what's scarier than monsters and folktales? Human nature and how horrible we can be to each other. And I also said, I will say about Nope, it's truly not what you think it is. And I do stand by that comment that I made, like I made that like a couple hours ago. But that is, I think, the beauty of this film is it's not what you think it is. And I think what Nope is doing is it's like Jaws. Jaws, maybe where people are scared to go in the water, right? And I feel like with uh, Nope, you're going to be staring at the clouds. And I caught myself doing it when I was uh, driving back home from Colleen to Austin. And these are these very thick, beautiful clouds, by the way. Very beautiful clouds. Very pretty sunny day. But these are very big, thick, fluffy clouds. And I was just like, man, is there like something in the sky that I can't see? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um... So yeah, I think I think he did a good job with making a summer blockbuster because whether you like this film or not, it's definitely a spectacle. It's something to see. Um, 
I want to highlight that Kiki Palmer was amazing in this film. She really breathed life into it, as she does all her role, all her roles. Same thing with Dan- Daniel Kaluuya. Those two really cap- uh, carry the film, in my opinion. It's just more so about this brother-sister relationship and that dynamic and how it carries throughout the film. They have, you know uh you know brother sister bickering moments like i have a milder brother you know and they have these really awesome wholesome scenes where they're having these serious conversations and bonding more and i had that with my brother as well too like i said i saw this one with my brother and we walked when we were going into the film it's not just my brother my brother my niece who's eight and I was just like, you know, I told him before he walked in, I'm like, I'm so excited to see this movie with you. Like, you have no idea how excited I am that this is my older brother. I only have one brother, but he's my older brother. And I was like, oh, it's so great because, like, you know, Dan Kalua, he's the older sibling. And, like, Kiki Palmer, he's a younger sibling. I'm a Virgo, like, Kiki Palmer. He's just like, oh, this is so funny. You know what I, you know what I mean? And um, I think even, like, the characters, we parallel the characters. My brother's, like, a very, he's he's more chill than I am. Um, I think I am more like Kiki Palmer's character where I'm like, like my mom used to have a restaurant. I had to be like the person like, oh, hi, welcome to Taste of Jamaica. What can I help you with? Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's just how we both are. So, and we both agree that we like that aspect of the movie. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think it's definitely a movie that is interesting that you should go see. It's definitely something to talk about of like, what do you think it was about? What do you think is truly focused on? Um... As always, I am definitely interested in more films by Jordan Peele. I just love that he is bringing a new perspective into into movies and films. He's bringing the indie um, questioning part of it of something different versus like mainstream Hollywood typical uh, horror or thriller kind of movies. So I really, I really like that about it. Um, but what do you think? You know, let me know on Instagram via um, at Pineapple Reels. Let me know on uh, Facebook on Pineapple Rolls as well, too. I definitely want to know your opinions. Okay, I was going to the IMDb fun facts. But before I get into the IMDb fun facts, I want to make this statement. I just saw what somebody said on my uh, Facebook or friend of mine. And they're, and this is from what I've seen from a few people. Like, I don't want to rewatch a movie so many times to understand it. Maybe because I watch a lot of odd movies. I mean, like, odd movies, y'all. Like, non-mainstream, non... There's weird-ass fucking movies that, like... It's to the point now where mainstream shit, I'm like, oh, I already know what's gonna happen. I don't really want to watch it and waste money or time when I already know what's gonna happen shot for shot. Um, I feel like with Jordan Peele and other directors like Jordan Peele, like Christopher Nolan, like like uh, Quentin Tarantino, even some Martin Scorsese films, like I do not want to hold your hand in a film and explain every little detail to you. They are, they, you know, I'm going to lay this movie with foreshadowing. I'm going to put biblical quotes in it. If you're a Christian, you probably will get it. If not, you might not understand. Um, but I am trusting you as an audience member, that you have enough intelligence to put one plus one together to get to. And if you don't, then you'll have to rewatch this movie because you just don't get it. You know, like when I watched the movie Inception, I understood it. You know, when I watched uh, Reservoir Dogs or Kill Bill, psh, I get this. I understand where you're going. I understand what your point is. When I watch The Departed, I, I understand all of this. You know what I mean? It's just interesting to see like what they put in the film for you to put all of it together to understand the cohesive project. So I will say about uh, people like Jordan Peele, 
you don't need to rewatch it more than one time, in my opinion. You can understand it the first time. If you watch it more than once, it's just it has rewatch value. Like Fight Club. If you ever seen Fight Club, was that Fight Club's like what a David Fincher film? If you ever seen Fight Club, it has a lot of rewatch value because no matter how smart you are, there's something that you missed in the movie, whether it's a like a a split second or something that you didn't see, or when you hear someone say something, you're like, "Oh, that makes sense." That's where, if you haven't seen Fight Club, spoiler, that's where you became Tyler Durden. You know what I mean? Um, but it's good for a movie to have rewatch value. It's good for a film to make you be like, "Huh." I get on a base of what it was about, but I have some questions. Because a lot of times the questions you have about a film are within the movie already. Except for the ones that I asked about this creature because they don't explain where it came from. Um, But that's just me as a person. I'm like, oh, I'm just wondering where it came from. But that might go into the whole, there are some things that just can't be explained of where it came from. And it just just is what it is. If this really happened in real life, that's going to be the question we all want to know. But there might be the answer of, guys, we have no idea how this happened or where it came from. But it's here. So we just got to kind of figure it out. Like that movie Arrival. We just got to kind of figure out what it wants and and go from there and we can communicate it with the cool if we can't all right well this that just is what it is Alrighty, folks it's time for the imdb fun facts of the jordan pill film nope um jordan pill cites king kong from 1933 jurassic park from 1993 Close Encounters of the Third Kind, 1977, and Signs, 2002, as well as The Wizard of Oz from 1939 as the film's influences. Jordan Peele said that he wrote the script at a time when we were a little bit worried about the future of cinema. So the first thing I knew is I wanted to create a spectacle. I wanted to create something that the audience would have to come see. Now, um, when the after the release of the film's trailer during the Super Bowl last year, viewers began theorizing that the film may involve an alien invasion, believing the title to be an acronym from Not of Planet Earth, despite the plot still being kept under wraps at this time. And this this is a the last for the last uh trivia i need to be fun fact um this is very interesting and if you know sign language and you already picked this up but uh during gordy's rampage after he exits his rampage he signs to young ricky what happened family and i think that was very important and i wish i knew sign language to capture that or that they had maybe like a subtitle on there but that's a nice little easter egg if uh you do know sign language to understand that the animal didn't even know what happened. He was very confused, kind of like in like a daze of what happened and not understanding uh, the grave severity of the situation. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Pineapple Reels. Um, I still have to finish my Scream synopsis, uh, the Scream franchise synopsis. Uh, I'm almost done with it. I've literally had it in my library for the longest time, but... Uh, I had some stuff going on with my family. I had a death in my family, unfortunately, so I had to um, handle that and deal with that. But um, I still want to do it. And if you've seen the Robin Williams film, What Dreams May Come, 
I want to cover that in particular because of that experience that just happened. Um, I think that film definitely ties into it. I might have a guest for the episode. I might just do it by myself. I'm not sure yet what direction I want to go with it. Um, but if you have not seen that film, I advise you watch it. It's I feel like it's a sleeper film of Robin Williams. It has Cuba Gooding Jr. in it as well too. It's a very whether you're religious or, religious or not, or you know somewhere in the middle. It's a very, very beautiful film with some really good imagery. But yeah, as always, stay tuned. Thank you.